Part One of Chapter One of Studies in the Psychologies of Sex, Volume Two, by Havelock Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter One, Introduction. Sexual inversion, as here understood, means sexual instinct turned by inborn constitutional abnormality towards persons of the same sex. It is thus a narrower term than homosexuality, which includes all sexual attractions between persons of the same sex, even when seemingly due to the accidental absence of the natural objects of sexual attraction, a phenomenon of wide occurrence among all human races and among most of the higher animals. It is only during recent years that sexual inversion has been recognized. Previously, it was not distinguished from homosexuality in general, and homosexuality was regarded as a national custom, as an individual vice, or as an unimportant episode in grave forms of insanity. We have further to distinguish sexual inversion and all other forms of homosexuality from another kind of inversion, which usually remains, so far as the sexual impulse itself is concerned, heterosexual, that is to say, normal. Inversion of this kind leads a person to feel like a person of the opposite sex, and to adopt, so far as possible, the tastes, habits, and dress of the opposite sex, while the direction of the sexual impulse remains normal. This condition I term sexo-aesthetic inversion, or eonism. The nomenclature of the highly important form of sexual perversion with which we are here concerned is extremely varied, and most investigators have been much puzzled in coming to a conclusion as to the best, most exact, and at the same time most colourless names to apply to it. The first in the field in modern times was Ulrichs, who, as early as 1862, used the appellation Uranian, Urania, based on the well-known myth in Plato's Banquet. Later he Germanized this term into earning for the male and earning in for the female, and referred to the condition itself as earningtum. Thus he invented a number of other related terms on the same basis. Some of these terms have had a considerable vogue, but they are too fanciful and high-strung to secure general acceptance. If used in other languages than German, they certainly should not be used in their Germanized shape and it is scarcely legitimate to use the term earning in English. Uranian is more correct. In Germany, the first term accepted by recognized scientific authorities was contrary sexual feeling, contraire sexualempfindung. It was devised by Westphal in 1869, and used by Kraft Ebbing and Moll. Though thus accepted by the earliest authorities in this field, and to be regarded as a fairly harmless and vaguely descriptive term, it is somewhat awkward, and is now little used in Germany. It was never currently used outside Germany. It has been largely superseded by the term homosexuality. This also was devised by a little-known Hungarian doctor, Benkert, who used the pseudonym Kurtbeny in the same year, 1869, but at first attracted no attention. It has, philologically, the awkward disadvantage of being a bastard term compounded of Greek and Latin elements, but its significance, sexual attraction to the same sex, is fairly clear and definite, while it is free from any question-begging association of either favourable or unfavourable character. Edward Carpenter has proposed to remedy its bastardly linguistic character by transforming it into homogenic, 
this however might mean not only towards the same sex but of the same kind and in german already possesses actually that meaning the term homosexual has the further advantage that on account of its classical origin it is easily translatable into many languages it is now the most widespread general term for the phenomena we are dealing with and it has been used by hirschfeld now the chief authority in this field as the title of his encyclopedic work die homosexualität sexual inversion in french inversion sexuale and in italian inversione sessuale is the term which has from the first been chiefly used in france and italy ever since charcot and magnan in eighteen eighty two published their cases of this anomaly in the archive de neurologie it had already been employed in italy by tamasia in the revista sperimentale di franiatria in eighteen seventy eight i have not discovered when and where this term sexual inversion was first used possibly it first appeared in english for long before the paper of charcot and magna i have noticed in an anonymous review of westphal's first paper in the journal of mental science then edited by dr maudsley for october eighteen seventy one that contraire sexual empfindung is translated as inverted sexual proclivity so far as i am aware sexual inversion was first used in english as the best term by j a simmons in eighteen eighty three in his privately printed essay say a problem in greek ethics later in eighteen ninety seven the same term was adopted i believe for the first time publicly in english in the present work it is unnecessary to refer to the numerous other names which have been proposed a discussion of the nomenclature will be found in the first chapter of hirschfeld's work de homosexualität and of some special terms in an article by schurten sexual problema december nineteen twelve it may suffice to mention the ancient theological and legal term sodomy sodomia because it is still the most popular term for this perversion though it must be remembered it has become attached to the physical act of intercourse per anum even when carried out heterosexually and has little reference to psychic sexual proclivity this term has its origin in the story narrated in genesis chapter nineteen of lot's visitors whom the men of sodom desired to have intercourse with and of the subsequent destruction of sodom and gomorrah this story furnishes a sufficiently good ground for the use of the term though the jews do not regard sodomy as the sin of sodom but rather inhospitality and hardness of heart to the poor and christian theologians also both catholic and protestant have argued that it was not homosexuality but their other offences which provoked the destruction of the cities of the plain in germany sodomy has long been used to denote bestiality or sexual intercourse with animals but this use of the term is quite unjustified in english there is another term buggery identical in meaning with sodomy and equally familiar bugger in french bougre, is a corruption of bulgar the ancient bulgarian heretics having been popularly supposed to practice this perversion the people of every country have always been eager to associate sexual perversions with some other country than their own the terms usually adopted in the present volume are sexual inversion and homosexuality the first is used more especially to indicate that the sexual impulse is organically and innately turned towards individuals of the same sex 
the second is used more comprehensively of the general phenomena of sexual attraction between persons of the same sex even if only of a slight and temporary character it may be admitted that there is no precise warrant for any distinction of this kind between the two terms the distinction in the phenomena is however still generally recognized thus ivan bloch applies the term homosexuality to the congenital form and pseudo-homosexuality to its spurious or simulated forms those persons who are attracted to both sexes are now termed bisexual a more convenient term than psychosexual hermaphrodite which was formerly used there remains the normal person who is heterosexual before approaching the study of sexual inversion in cases which we may investigate with some degree of scientific accuracy there is interest in glancing briefly at the phenomena as they appear before us as yet scarcely or at all differentiated among animals among various human races and at various periods among animals in a domesticated or confined state it is easy to find evidence of homosexual attraction due merely to the absence of the other sex this was known to the ancients the egyptians regarded two male partridges as the symbol of homosexuality and aristotle noted that two female pigeons would cover each other if no male was at hand buffon observed many examples especially among birds he found that if male or female birds of various species such as partridges fowls and doves were shut up together they would soon begin to have sexual relations among themselves the males sooner and more frequently than the females more recently saint clair de ville observed that dogs rams and bulls when isolated first became restless and dangerous and then acquired a permanent state of sexual excitement not obeying the laws of heat and leading them to attempts to couple together the presence of the opposite sex at once restored them to normal conditions bombarda of lisbon states that in portugal it is well known that in every herd of bulls there is nearly always one bull who is ready to lend himself to the perverted whims of his companions it may easily be observed how a cow in heat exerts an exciting influence on other cows impelling them to attempt to play the bull's part la cassagne has also noted among young fowls and puppies etc that before ever having had relations with the opposite sex and while in complete liberty they make hesitating attempts at intercourse with their own sex this indeed together with similar perversions may often be observed especially in puppies who afterward become perfectly normal among white rats which are very sexual animals steinach found that when deprived of females the males practice homosexuality though only with males with whom they have long associated the weaker rats played the passive part but when a female is introduced they immediately turn to her although they are occasionally altogether indifferent to sex they never actually prefer their own sex with regard to the playing of the female part by the weaker rats it is interesting to observe that ferret found among insects that the passive part in homosexual relationships is favoured by fatigue among cockchafers it was the male just separated from the female who would take the passive part on the rare occasions when homosexual relations occurred with a fresh male homosexuality appears to be specially common among birds it was among birds that it attracted the attention of the ancients and numerous interesting observations have been made in more recent times thus Celis, a careful bird-watcher finds that the ruff the male of the mashtes apugnax suffers from sexual repression owing to the coyness of the female the reeve 
and consequently the males often resort to homosexual intercourse it is still more remarkable that the reeves also even in the presence of the males will court each other and have intercourse we may associate this with the high erotic development of birds the difficulty with which tumescence seems to occur in them and their long courtships among the higher animals again female monkeys even when grown up as mole was informed behave in a sexual way to each other though it is difficult to say how far this is merely in play dr seitz director of the frankfurt zoological garden gave mole a record of his own careful observations of homosexual phenomena among the males and females of various animals confined in the garden in all such cases we are not concerned with sexual inversion but merely with the accidental turning of the sexual instinct into an abnormal channel the instinct being called out by an approximate substitute or even by diffused emotional excitement in the absence of the normal object it is probable however that cases of true sexual inversion in which gratification is preferably sought in the same sex may be found among animals although observations have rarely been made or recorded it has been found by Muccioli, an Italian authority on pigeons, that amongst Belgian carrier pigeons inverted practices may occur even in the presence of many of the other sex. This seems to be true inversion, though we are not told whether these birds were also attracted towards the opposite sex. The birds of this family appear to be specially liable to sexual perversion. Thus, M. J. Bailey Maitre, a breeder of great knowledge and a keen observer, wrote to Girard that they are strange creatures in their manners and customs, and are apt to elude the most persistent observer. No animal is more depraved. Mating between males, and still more frequently between females, often occurs at an early age, up to the second year. I have had several pairs of pigeons formed by subjects of the same sex, who for many months behaved as if the mating were natural in some cases this had taken place among young birds of the same nest who acted like real mates though both subjects were males in order to mate them productively we have had to separate them and shut each of them up for some days with a female in the berlin zoological gardens also it has been noticed that two birds of the same sex will occasionally become attached to each other and remain so in spite of repeated advances from individuals of opposite sex this occurred for instance in the case of two males of the egyptian goose who were thus to all appearance paired and always kept together vigorously driving away any female that approached similarly a male australian sheldrake was paired to a male of another species among birds generally inverted sexuality seems to accompany the development of the secondary sexual character of the opposite sex which is sometimes found thus a poultry breeder describes a hen coloured dorking crowing like a cock only somewhat more harshly as a cockerel crows and with an enormous comb larger than is ever seen in the male this bird used to try to tread her fellow hens at the same time she laid early and regularly and produced grand chickens among ducks also it has occasionally been observed that the female assumes at the same time both male livery and male sexual tendencies it is probable that such observations will be multiplied in the future and that sexual inversion in the true sense will be found commoner among animals than at present it appears to be traces of homosexual practices sometimes on a large scale have been found among all the great divisions of the human race it would be possible to collect a considerable body of evidence under this head 
unfortunately however the travellers and others on whose records we are dependent have been so shy of touching these subjects and so ignorant of the main points for investigation that it is very difficult to discover sexual inversion in the proper sense in any lower race travellers have spoken vaguely of crimes against nature without defining the precise relationship involved nor inquiring how far any congenital impulse could be distinguished looking at the phenomena generally so far as they have been recorded among various lower races we seem bound to recognize that there is a widespread natural instinct impelling men towards homosexual relationships and that this has been sometimes though very exceptionally seized upon and developed for advantageous social purposes on the whole however unnatural intercourse sodomy has been regarded as an antisocial offence and punishable sometimes by the most serious penalties that could be invented this was for instance the case in ancient mexico in peru among the persians in china and among the hebrews and mohammedans even in very early history it is possible to find traces of homosexuality with or without an implied disapproval its existence in assyria and babylonia is indicated by the codex hammurabi and by inscriptions which do not on the whole refer to it favourably as regards egypt we learn from a Phaeum papyrus found by flinders petri translated by griffiths and discussed by Urfel, that more than four thousand years ago homosexual practices were so ancient that they were attributed to the gods horus and set the egyptians showed great admiration of masculine beauty and it would seem that they never regarded homosexuality as punishable or even reprehensible it is notable also that egyptian women were sometimes of very virile type and hirschfeld considers that intermediate sexual types were specially widespread among the egyptians one might be tempted to expect that homosexual practices would be encouraged whenever it was necessary to keep down the population aristotle says that it was allowed by law in crete for this end and professor haddon tells me that at torres straits a native advocated sodomy on this ground there seems however on the whole to be little evidence pointing to this utilization of the practice the homosexual tendency appears to have flourished chiefly among warriors and warlike peoples during war and the separation from women that war involves the homosexual instinct tends to develop it flourished for instance among the carthaginians and among the normans as well as among the warlike dorians scythians tartars and celts and when there has been an absence of any strong moral feeling against it the instinct has been cultivated and idealized as a military virtue partly because it counteracts the longing for the softening feminine influences of the home and partly because it seems to have an inspiring influence in promoting heroism and heightening esprit de corps in the lament of david over jonathan we have a picture of intimate friendship passing the love of women between comrades in arms amongst a barbarous warlike race there is nothing to show that such a relationship was sexual but among warriors in new caledonian friendships that were undoubtedly homosexual were recognized and regulated the fraternity of arms according to foley complicated with pederasty was more sacred than uterine fraternity we have moreover a recent example of the same relationships recognized in a modern european race the albanians Hahn, in the course of his Albanish Studien, says that the young men between sixteen and twenty-four law boys from about twelve to seventeen. A Gige marries at the age of twenty-four or twenty-five, and then he usually, but not always, gives up boy love. 
the following passage is reported by hahn as the actual language used to him by an albanian Gij. the lover's feelings for the boy is as pure as sunshine it places the beloved on the same pedestal as a saint it is the highest and most exalted passion of which the human breast is capable the sight of a beautiful youth awakens astonishment in the lover and opens the door of his heart to the delight which the contemplation of this loveliness affords love takes possession of him so completely that all his thought and feeling goes out in it if he finds himself in the presence of the beloved he rests absorbed in gazing on him absent he thinks of naught but him if the beloved unexpectedly appears he falls into confusion changes colour turns alternately pale and red his heart beats faster and impedes his breathing he has ears and eyes only for the beloved he shuns touching him with the hand kisses him only on the forehead sings his praise in verse a woman's never one of these love poems of an albanian gij runs as follows the sun when it rises in the morning is like you boy when you are near me when your dark eye turns upon me it drives my reason from my head it should be added that the professor Weigand, who knew the albanians well assured berth that the relations described by hahn are really sexual although tempered by idealism a german scholar who travelled in albania some years ago also assured neck that he could fully confirm hahn's statements and that though it was difficult to speak positively he doubted whether these relationships were purely ideal while most prevalent among the moslems they are also found among the christians and receive the blessing of the priest in church jealousy is frequently aroused the same writer remarks and even murder may be committed on account of a boy it may be mentioned here that among the chukcheks kamshadals and allied peoples according to a russian anthropological journal quoted in sexual problem there are homosexual marriages among the men and occasionally among the women ritually consecrated and openly recognized the albanians it is possible belong to the same stock which produced the dorian greeks and the most important and the most thoroughly known case of socially recognized homosexuality is that of greece during its period of highest military as well as ethical and intellectual vigor in this case as in those already mentioned the homosexual tendency was frequently regarded as having beneficial results which caused it to be condoned if not indeed fostered as a virtue plutarch repeated the old greek statement that the Boeotians, the lacedaemonians and the cretans were the most warlike storks because they were the strongest in love an army composed of loving homosexual couples it was held would be invincible it appears that the dorians introduced paederastia as the greek form of homosexuality is termed into greece they were the latest invaders a vigorous mountain race from the northwest the region including what is now albania who spread over the whole land the islands and asia minor becoming the ruling race homosexuality was of course known before they came but they made it honourable homer never mentions it and it was not known as legitimate to the aeolians or the ionians beth who has written a valuable study of dorian paederastia states that dorians admitted a kind of homosexual marriage and even had a kind of boy marriage by capture the scattered vestiges of this practice indicating beth believes that it was a general custom among the dorians before the invasion of greece 
such unions even received a kind of religious consecration it was moreover shameful for a noble youth in crete to have no lover it spoke ill for his character by paederastia a man propagated his virtues as it were in the youth he loved implanting them by the act of intercourse in its later greek phases paederastia was associated less with war than with athletics it was refined and intellectualized by poetry and philosophy it cannot be doubted that both aeschylus and sophocles cultivated boy-love while its idealized presentation in the dialogues of plato has caused it to be almost identified with his name thus in the early charmides we have an attractive account of the youth who gives his name to the dialogue and the emotions he excites are described but even in the early dialogues plato only conditionally approved of the sexual side of paederastia and he condemned it altogether in the final laws the early stages of greek paederastia are very interestingly studied by beth Didorische Knabenliebe, Rheinsches Museum for Philosophie, J. A. Simmons' essay on the later aspects of paederastia, especially as reflected in Greek literature, A Problem in Greek Ethics, is contained in the early German edition of the present study, but, though privately printed in 1883 by the author in an edition of twelve copies and since pirated in another private edition, it has not yet been published in English paederastia in greek poetry has also been studied by paul brandt and by otto knapp who seeks to demonstrate the sensual side of paederastia on the other hand licht working for somewhat the same lines as beth deals with the ethical element in paederastia points out its beneficial moral influence and argues that it was largely on this ground that it was counted sacred licht has also published a learned study of paederastia in attic comedy and remarks that without paederastia greek comedy is unthinkable paederastia in the greek anthology has been fully explored by p stephanus kiefer who has studied socrates in relation to homosexuality concludes that he was bisexual but that his sexual impulses had been sublimated it may be added that many results of recent investigation concerning paederastia are summarized by hirschfeld and by edward carpenter it would appear that almost the only indications outside greece of paederastic homosexuality showing a high degree of tenderness and aesthetic feeling are to be found in persian and arabian literature after the time of the abbasids although this practice was forbidden by the koran in constantinople as neck was informed by german inverts living in that city homosexuality is widespread most cultivated turks being capable of relationships with boys as well as with women though very few are exclusively homosexual so that their attitude would seem to be largely due to custom and tradition adult males rarely have homosexual relations together one of the couple is usually a boy of twelve to eighteen years and this condition of things among the refined classes is said to resemble ancient greek paederastia but ordinary homosexual prostitution is prevalent it is especially recognized in the baths which abound in constantinople and are often open all night the attendants at these baths are youths who scarcely need an invitation to induce them to gratify the client in this respect the gratification usually consisting in masturbation mutual or one-sided as desired the practice though little spoken of is carried on almost openly and blackmailing is said to be unknown 
in the new turkey however it is stated by adler bey that homosexual prostitution has almost disappeared end of chapter one part one recording by john fricker